Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I'm Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about The Deuce, Season 3, Episode 1, it is the final season, this episode is called The Camera Loves You, uh, which is a lot of dialogue of the episode, it was in the trailer as well actually, so when it, when it popped up I was like, yes, I remember that line, uh, but this is uh, set on New Year's Eve, well, most of it is, I mean, mostly, the, yeah, the, the start of it's, start before. yeah, but I mean, we're getting into 1985, we're right at the end of 84, and the first scene, and I think I was actually really curious about how the first scene was going to play in this, because last season did this great job of the opening scene really kind of encapsulating where the characters had went in the last, like, five or six years in the time jump. You know, it started off in, like... Uh, I was I was going to say, I can't remember what it was, and then I realised it was the great bar scene, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was Eileen walking out in the street, feeling yeah. like she's the queen of the world, and it follows her up into the bar, and it, yeah. you know, it was like, here's, here's how successful Vincent's being, and... The start of this season, by contrast, is a lot more dour because New York's uh, as shitty as it's been. Uh, there's there's gangs or just or even just packs of thugs uh, mugging people. Uh, Vincent is determined to walk Abby to her car or walk her home because things have gotten that kind of serious. And it's something yeah. you know because he says at one point, like, "Oh, this place used to have some class or something to that effect," and Abby's like, "Did it?" and Maybe not class in, in a traditional sense, but in the way he's thinking about it, where it was safe to walk down the street. Like, you wouldn't necessarily be... Yeah, in previous seasons, which must have started, what, early 70s? I think the first season started. Early to mid-70s, yeah. We've had about five years every... Five or six yeah, years every time. that sounds about right. Yeah, so when that started, he he would never have felt the need to walk from home to this extent. Yeah, but you know, and sure enough, they actually see something happen in the way. They, they hide in the, uh, the sex shop for a couple of minutes. So... Yeah. He's proven right, and then later with Alston, we see the same thing where he's taken out. Uh, he, he takes out the uh, Goldman, and they witness a mugging within ten minutes because he's like, I, "I did not pick this time specifically. This is a random time, random location in Midtown, and we saw something within ten minutes." That that is how frequent this is. Yeah. Um. So and it's funny because I, I I don't know a whole lot about the cleanup of New York, but I do know it's one of the safest cities in the world now. And this grimy '80s New York that we all think of when we think of New York in the movies is something that stopped existing. <laughs> it is something that changed uh, yeah. over time. I think I'm not sure when it was officially cleaned, but I, I think the '90s were already kind of, you know, yeah, not the '80s yeah. essentially. So uh, I'm sure people who, who know better can fill us in the comments. But we're clearly at this time where things are changing, and this this show as 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 a whole from the very start has been very much the change that's happening throughout this world yeah it's it's kind of done it through the lens of the you know the the, the porn industry and you know, before that you know we, we had the, the the pimps and the and the prostitutes but it's not been you know necessarily about just that in terms of being you know uh, showing the world as a whole yeah yeah because uh, obviously we're, we're the vhs days now that was hinted at i loved how the previously on ended with that one moment from season two Mm. Uh, with, oh, I want to say Larry. No, it's not, not Larry. Larry. It's not Larry. Like first episode back, it wasn't in like the first thirty goddamn names. What the hell? Oh yeah, Larry was a character. In fact, where was Larry? No, no I'm thinking about it. Where the hell was Larry this episode? Yeah, yeah, but this wasn't Larry. This wasn't Larry. But I wasn't completely nuts. There was a Larry. <laughs> Harvey. Harvey. There you go. Harvey. He's Harvey. Which yes. I mean, uh, Larry. I mean, there's a similarity. Hey, I, I, I remember last season I had a lot of trouble with both Eileen and Irene being in the same show, right? And I, I, that still bugs me, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that to your audience. Uh, where was Larry? I, I guess I stuck... Because we, we kind of said that her, him and 
Darlene. We said yes. that Larry and Darlene's stories felt like it ended last season, and it wouldn't be shocking if we never saw them again, but we assume we would. And this episode, they're not here. So... Um, I don't think I'd still be... Wouldn't be too surprised to see Larry pop up at some point. Yeah. More, more so than, than, than Darlene. Yeah, Darlene's definitely felt like the story was done. Whereas, I mean, I think Larry could pop up, especially since if he's, if he's been trying to be an actor, we'll see him at some point. But to doing be fair, that. I remember distinctly at the end of last season saying we didn't know for sure whether Laurie would be back, given that she set off to LA to do her own thing and everyone else stayed near. We weren't sure. But it makes sense, given we're exploring, to have someone in LA seeing that it side does, of yeah. it. Uh, so... No, that's, that's actually really interesting that we didn't see Larry in this episode. Mm. Uh, I, I feel like there was just lots of uh, ears burning when I said Larry for Harvey. <laughs> Everyone was like, no, no, it's not a character. Yeah. Uh, but there is lots of Harvey in this episode. Uh, I mean, as, as we typically do with this show, we should probably stick to one set of characters and, and work through them. Uh, and sure, why not Eileen and and harvey to begin with uh they open with uh some kurosawa chat which was delight- delightful to me yeah yeah always down for that um i never actually quite caught which movie they were talking about i'd have to check her uh, uh kurosawa's imdb to see, see what, what year it was to yeah. see what came out because they said it was before rashomon but after uh, uh stray dog so it's around 48 49 Oh, yeah. I mean, it'd be pretty easy to work out with a glance at IMDb, I assume. Oh, no, it would be. It would be. But I, I, I don't think they said the name. If they did, uh, I, I could be wrong. But it's interesting to see, like, Eileen be impressed. They're just talking about filmmaking. They're talking about how, how Kurosawa used money. I know he had this skill. And that, that scene for me, like, was less about the show and more about just a little bit of slice of life in filmmaking. Because what Harvey says about... Um, you know, every, almost anyone, if they're given enough time and money, could probably make a movie. But the skill is not having everything and still pulling it off. Yeah, what I what I really like about this is in that moment there, it kind of just feels like you say, oh, it's a slice of life. It's it's showing how, where she is now in her you know directing career. But then you know later on, it becomes clear that no, 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 this is Harvey kind of going, hey. <laughs> You know, may, maybe we don't have as much money as, as we would like, and maybe we need to try and do more with less. Yeah, and that's kind of a theme that goes throughout because he's feeling that uh, pressure from a couple of things. Uh, their their income's not as good as it was. They're going to CES, and this is actually a lot of little thing that I knew about. I knew that CES in the early days had a porn section because, yeah. and the reason why I knew this is before E three existed, uh, games consoles did their thing at CES. And they were a smaller place than the porn. The porn was bigger. That was always a bit of trivia that came up, was that the porn industry had a bigger like area at CES than the games consoles did, which is ridiculous to think about now, given E3 it is, is a now, huge thing. I mean, at the time, I guarantee you the porn made more money. <laughs> it pr- probably did. I, I imagine kids were more excited about it as well. <laughs> <laughs> they probably were. Still are, to be fair. I mean, just easier to get a hold of. Yeah. Right? It is, yeah. But... What I did love about this, though, is when they're going through the, the regular floor and they, they go past the guy with the camcorders and he's trying to sell the camcorders. He's like, hey, $1,500, and I can set you up with the editing equipment as well. And Harvey just looks disgusted. He's like, goddamn camcorders. All, all it's going to take is for you know, Jim and Pam to realize... I don't know why I said Jim and Pam from the office. I just... <laughs> random names. For Jim and Pam to realize they can do their own part and we're done. And Eileen's like, no, but like, you know, everyone thought TV was going to kill movies and that still exists. Uh, you know, the porn industry is still going to exist. And the funny thing is, is that today more than ever, like, p- people making their own stuff and just uploading that is easier than it ever has been. Like, if you think it was and easy... people do it. Yeah, and if you think it was easy during the camcorder days, like, that's nothing compared to now. And yet, 
the regular sort of big industry giants are still chugging along yeah somehow what's in what's interesting obviously just in terms of the the difference between then and now is here is is harvey's concern is they'll film themselves and go ah and then we'll only need us so they're not you know trying to sell it to other people necessarily it's just they won't need to to buy porn from elsewhere because they've got just their own yeah whereas now obviously they'll just film it themselves and (sighs) put it online yes yes um and he's wrong he's he's he's, he's so wrong as as always in these circumstances yeah but no one's coming to their booth harvey's getting frustrated and they're like oh the the price of tapes is going down this is another bit of history that i actually have some knowledge on is uh vhs tapes were silly expensive when they first appeared see to purchase them because renting was the big thing to purchase like a movie in vhs i i mean i think like i don't think i'm wrong in saying they were like a hundred dollars at one point if not more than that um the idea was is that the video stores would pay the 200 dollars for the rental version or whatever or maybe even 500 whatever it was but they'd make it up by renting it you know renting hundreds it of times. times for, for ten dollars each yeah rentals didn't cost ten dollars but sure <laughs> I, i'm just hypoth- you know i'm just saying sure. based oh, off of you know okay you know their income you know their, their expenditure he, and then okay even in the mid-90s when i was renting vhs tapes it wasn't ten dollars <laughs> no, no i know i know if I recall, you got two movies for two nights for like, like I think it was five pounds at the time, or maybe four pounds, something like that. It was something like that. Yeah. It was always a package. It was always like two or three for a couple of nights. It was never just one, if I remember right. I mean, you probably could, but no one you did could, it. but it was always like just like an extra pound to add yeah. on the second one, usually. And you might as well. Yeah. I do miss the excitement of going to the video store. Obviously, everything we've got that was better, but there was a, a charm of like browsing the aisles and. Finding those weird yeah. movies and the gems and and whatnot. Um, there was, but I mean, do you know what, what the, the you know obviously we're saying on now is better because it's I think it's harder to find things because you've got to look in all these different places. If you don't know what you're looking for, UIs are generally shite on streaming services. They are, they are. Uh, but at least I can do it from the comfort of just sitting in my <laughs> own chair. Yes, I recommend Just Watch for anyone who doesn't use it, just to at least keep an eye on what's coming in as they as they appear. You can at least mm. sort of see them that way. It's very good. Yeah. Um, I just watched Deep Star Six on Amazon Prime last night because I saw it was there. I thought, oh, I've never seen that. I've heard of that underwater monster movie from what the eighties. Sure, it was mediocre, but it's the sort of thing where like, oh, that's there. I'll watch it. It it would never get recommended. Never. It will never show up in you know oh you know these cues whatever on on. Did you say where you watched that? Prime, one? yeah. Right, yeah. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, no Prime's chance. terrible. It, the funny thing is, is I was on a couple of movies. That, again, it was like a literal filter movie called Manhattan Baby, which I'm going to watch soon. Like that would never appear in the recommendations. It would never appear uh, just in a sort of browse feature because Amazon Prime is is pretty bad for browsing. But Amazon Prime, too, I mean, this is a, the thing I think they have over Netflix right now. Is Amazon Prime actually have a lot of interesting movies just kind of hidden away? There's a lot of like 80s and 70s and 90s movies just kind of. Things there. they got cheaper, basically. Basically, they, they, they just go. It, it fills out their library, but are often interesting enough. But not in the same way as the weird softcore porn they also have, which you'll find. But that, that's what you'll get on like page three of browsing. You'll get like T Rex yeah. sex or something like that, and it'll be like this Photoshop cover, and it'll look like dirt cheap, and you're like, yeah. "What is this? Who, who like, made this?" Stay wrong. I I love Amazon Prime as a service. Uh, you know, in its video, I think it has great variety. It's also the best quality out of all the uh, the current VODs, I think. It is, yeah. But it has unequivocally the worst UI. It's uh, terrible to use if did. you don't know what you're looking for already. Yeah, 
No, it is. It is. They changed it a little bit recently uh, when you're browsing the channels. It's not as a nightmare to click on like a section. You get like a grid now rather than just because usually used to, what it used to do was go to just like as if you were browsing products on Amazon with a big list, and it was just yeah, yeah, so awkward to now you get like a grid of things and you can sort of click on it and it, it's it's better. It's a little bit better. Browse. Yeah. It's not made for browsing though. Browsing's terrible. Um, what they need to do, they need to do that thing that Steam have where you can have curators so that you can go and like, okay, so this uh, big, mm. me, me and Tim, for example, on Screams could have a curated Screams After Midnight selection of what's on there and people could use that to find stuff. I don't know. That could be That's a fun idea. That's not bad, Sharon. No. That could be a fun idea. Amazon should look into. Yeah, get, get on Amazon. Anyway, you're, wel- you're welcome, Amazon. So... So they're debating that and the fact that they'll have to bring the prices down and Harvey's like, oh no, we're already losing so much money. This is this is terrible. Uh, we're, you know, we're going to have to be smart about this. We're going to have to make up for it in volume. Um, you know, basic, basic capitalism, right? Is you sell at a lower price, but you sell a lot more of it and therefore you make more money than you ever would have at the higher price. Yeah. Uh, that's a simple idea. And they go and see this this new film from these, these new hotshot producers. And uh, it was like new wave... Whores, <laughs> what I say the title was. That sounds about right. And the whole idea is that they listen to the music and they just get horny and start. And and Eileen gets almost offended, like you know, into the scene and just kind of gets up and walks out. This is cheap shite. Yeah, and Harvey's like, yeah, but this is the stuff that's selling, and you know, it's not, it's not, it's not worth it doing theatrical anymore. So we're going to go direct to video. And which I don't think she's got a big problem with that part of it. No, she seemed fine with that. Yeah, she was like, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. But she's like, no, we're going to have to uh, lower the cost because we're going to have to lower the price. And because of that, the artsy-fartsy stuff that you're doing is no longer something I can invest in. And she's like, no, I don't want to make this cheap crap. I, you know, I'm hitting Europe. And he's like, well, go to Europe then. But I, I can't fund it anymore. This is the business I'm in. I can't do any more than this. Hmm. Uh, it's hurting the balance sheets. So Eileen gets kind of pissed. She leaves, uh, goes back home. We find out her mother's sick, uh, which seems to have actually kind of softened her relationship with her father a little bit. Yeah. Uh, where, I don't know if it's her specifically being sick that's caused this, but they seem to be on speaking terms. You know, she comes in and says hi to him and says, you know, how is she doing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it also sounds like her son, who would now be about 18, uh, given the time yeah, jump. Yeah, he was, he was definitely in high school last time we saw him, right? Was it high school? I thought, uh, maybe middle school, but either way, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's, right. he's about, you know, 18-ish, so uh, he's missing right now. Not, not in a, we need to phone the police way, but in a, he's a little rascal and he's ran off somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I suspect he is probably eighteen or nineteen, which is why it's like, well, he can go off and do what he wants. Yeah, yeah, we can't. Which really is why stop they're him. not obviously going to the police or anything like that. But um, again, you know, just un- out of character for for what we saw before. Yeah, and it, it begs the question: Is this in any way to do with what his mother's lifestyle is? Is that an influence on him? Is that something that's affected him? How he's been treated because of who she is? Yeah, because that was a, a big part of last season uh, with their side of things. Was okay. No, is this going to affect him at school? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, people are going to find out. They're going to make fun of him. And we had that great moment at the end in the house where he was up top and she was downstairs, and yeah. uh, you know, like did, did, did she? He, she just missed her and watching kind of thing. It was a really great scene, but. Uh, so it really sets up kind of where she is, uh, and we end with her and Vincent as well. It kind of comes back to who I'd argue are the two most main characters is Eileen and Vincent, yeah. uh, and them just celebrating the, the new year as it goes to the boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I, I didn't think the, the shot leading into the base was as impressive as this show usually is. I got what it was, I got what it was going for with the 1985 like, Happy no, New Year I got thing. it. I got it. it. Was, 
the visual of i think it, it zoomed in above the bar like a clock i think it was the clock it zoomed in on as it was doing it i get it i just don't think it was visually as impressive as, as a lot of the no no it was, it was, it was the uh the tv it said ha- it the TV. it was yeah, happy new year in yeah. 1985 it was on the tv yeah uh yeah uh, just uh, we glossed over just one thing uh cory stoll shows up out of nowhere yeah. <laughs> and Didn't he's like oh he was in this i don't remember he was never in it before no no, no but did, did we have like a a new story announced and he was in it oh we may have done if we did i'd forgotten about it it was a surprise yeah, uh but he's he's a bit of a yuppie he's got a lot more money than anyone else in this part of town seems to and she kind of comments in that he's very flippant about it yeah uh but he's trying to chat her up and given that we spend time on this i feel like we're going to see them together again that this is going to be you know and you know it's cory stoll and it's cory stoll he's going to be around yeah. uh well or not she tries to exploit him for her movies <laughs> is a possibility yeah, some some nice easy funding. Yes, uh, so we'll maybe see if that that becomes a thing. Uh, also, I like that he, he got like a top shelf brandy, but he still got it in a little plastic cup. I just thought, <laughs> that was amusing to me. That's that's New Year's for you though. To be fair, no, I get it, but it's just I hear top shelf. I expect a brandy glass where I'm you standing swirling it. <laughs> no, you would, you would, on any any other night of the year. Yeah, because even in a bar like that, seven too many drinks <laughs> on New Year's. <laughs> Can yeah, I keep up. Yeah. Oh, all, all, all bars are like this. Obviously, you you don't drink, so you, you've probably never been in a bar on New Year's. But nope. Um, no, they'll they'll charge. Even places that don't normally will often charge for entrance because there's you know okay they're that busy. There's that many breakages. They'll if they can get out plastic stuff. You know they'll just have to because it's that that bad. That's a great reason to charge admission, though. Is that you literally have to turn people away. You might as well put a price on it to yeah yeah it's, it's like usually it's free to get in here it's gonna it's gonna cost you 20 to, to get in because we're expecting that many breakages to cover it all hmm. um so that, that was Eileen's story uh so again you know we're seeing her we're almost seeing her struggle there because last season it was very much her blossoming as a filmmaker her really getting passionate about it and this end of it is the the struggle of the filmmaker who's at the end of their, their prime and not even their prime in terms of creatively just just in the sense that the world's not willing to fund her anymore the world's not going to wait around for her anymore yeah and curious to see how that how that plays out uh vincent on the other hand him and abby are a very similar place to, to before uh, they still have an open relationship uh we see yeah. him go home at one point and there's like a, a dangling chain on the on the door to suggest it's basically a college dorm kind of situation with a sock <laughs> it's yeah, hey i've got company uh go away for a bit so he goes and gets uh some falafel or something i don't know what he's in and he he comes back and goes to bed and i never got the context i actually didn't quite clock what the context of this this meant the first time he saw it uh until he was going back later with his, his ex-wife uh it was only kazan's character uh, yeah. because we saw them chatting a little bit at the bar and we see Abby kind of staring. And this was a big thing last season was them clearly being jealous of each other, but at the same time insisting that they're wanting an open relationship, even though they're, they're clearly jealous, especially when it comes to his ex-wife, where there's a lot of baggage and a lot of, you know, history with. Yeah. And we know that Vincent last season was kind of starting to want a family and kids, something that Frankie has, uh, yeah. bizarrely. Which he, I mean, that, that's a point. The, the oldest kid is five. Yes. So I mean that that we're at least probably you know, six years jump from last time then I guess. Yeah, five six years. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like seventy eight seventy nine last season. It was right yeah, at the end of the seventies. Uh, so yeah, um, 
you know, Vincent, they have this, you know, this this afternoon nooner, I suppose is the term, uh, him and his ex-wife, and then he goes to wish Happy New Year to, to, to Abby, and that's basically it. Vincent does actually get a whole ton of stuff in this episode, uh, comparatively speaking. Surprisingly not, no. Um, compared to normal. Uh... Compared to normal. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in this episode to set up, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, we have to talk about AIDS. Uh, as a sentence I didn't expect to say. <laughs> Just, sorry, I, I knew that was obviously coming up. It was going to be a big thing. It's clearly going to be a big thing this season because yes. it's it's the, the mid eighties in the porn industry, of course. <laughs> yes. But just you blurting it out and just like, oh, oh shit, yeah, we did some that age just really offhandedly, like like you'd forgotten. Kind of caught me off guard. I was not expecting uh, no no rimming. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that <laughs> that bit of advice from the doctor, and I loved it. I love that Bobby didn't know what it meant, and I was sure I, I knew what it meant. I was like, I'm pretty sure I know what that is, and it was. It was exactly what I thought it was, but it's yeah. also it's not something I bring up in conversation very often for normal but reasons. On the other hand, this is 2019, and we're all very much aware of things that maybe you weren't before. Again, we have the internet. <laughs> all these yep. things pop up from time to time, and he, you know, he's like, he's like, oh, that's a sticky guitar up someone's rectum, and he's like. Why would I want to do that? <laughs> oh, I love Bobby. Oh, Bobby's great. But Bobby's worried he's got something. It, what's funny is what he's actually got at Ingrown here is something I've had, funnily enough. So when he told him what he actually had, I was like, oh, I've had that. <laughs> <laughs> he's worried over nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's concerned that he's maybe caught something, even though obviously it's associated more with the gay community. It's something that is obviously spreading into every, it's, it's everyone. It's permeated the social consciousness. Yeah. And obviously, when we talk about sexually transmitted diseases now, we, there's no focus on any specific group. It's just no anyone can sexually transmit a disease. It's just the way it is. Uh, yeah, and obviously, there's there's a lot less focus on AIDS <clears throat> than there was in the eighties. Yes, yes, it's just more of a blanket yeah. thing now for a lot of different things. But uh, he, you know, he's worried. He, he admits that he's had he's cheated on his wife hundreds of times over the last ten years of being. Like, in the don't get me wrong; it's been over ten years. So it's not as bad as it sounds. Even if it's 100, that's 10 a year. That's a lot. <laughs> it is, it is. To cheat well, your wife, all, that's a lot. To be honest, his line of work, where he is, it's probably been three in one night before. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he's under 1,000, to be honest. Uh, 10 years working where he does. Yeah. Unless we're only counting each girl as once. Like, you know, we're not counting multiple times with the same girl. As... Uh, oh, okay, yeah. If we're counting each girl as once. And yeah, maybe sure. it'll be 70 or 80, if, if that's how we're counting <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but he he's worried about this, um, and despite the fact that he's told uh, to be safe and whatnot, he does end up shacking up with some random woman. Uh, Lisa, I think her name was. And I only remember that because he didn't know her name, and she had to say it herself uh, in the bathroom during New Year's. So, classic Bobby. Uh, classic Bobby. Uh, he's got a wig on his He's got a toupee. And I loved... When it, see, when he was having sex in the bathroom... It was kind of flapping up and down. It was really making it, me laugh. It, it, it looks good in the sense that <clears throat> it's very obviously a toupee, and that he's wearing it. But it, it's not, you know, it, it's not the the set design trying to or right, let's cover it, you know, or costuming, you know, trying to cover it up. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like no, no, no this is the character wearing it, and you know, I think it looks quite good for that. Also, <clears throat> someone who's got insecure and is wearing a toupee. Intentionally, just bad enough to be real. Yes, yes, there you go. Uh, and obviously the other side of this story is Paul and Paul's actor boyfriend 
and we see him kind of be nice to someone outside the, his uh, his you know fancy club at one point yeah. who's clearly already sick. Uh, we see him like sort of go in at first and say like, "Hey, where are all the flyers?" And the guy's like, "Oh, someone stole them." He's like, "Why would they do that?" It's like, "Well, because they'll be lectured." And it's clearly you know at the a flyers at the pamphlets about about AIDS and about being safe and things like that. And he's, he also double checks, do we have a lot of condoms? Like he says, like, hey, do we have a lot of those? Like, he's yeah. like, oh, we're starting to run a bit low. So it's clearly... Very responsive. Yeah, it's clearly a concern. But of course, we see his his boyfriend, the actor, uh, when he's rubbing off his makeup after his play, uh, we see just a little bit of a... Uh, it's like the skin's kind of been ripped away from this little patch. I'm not quite sure what to what to call it. But yeah. um, it's clearly the first symptom of something. And... Uh, I you know it's it's this thing where you know towards the end they're they're dancing at New Year's and obviously in his fancy club they've got like a, a fancy singer doing, uh the the ballet or the, not the ballet the ballroom sorry the ballroom version of Old Lang Syne, um yeah. and you've got the traditional one at the the club and uh, I, I like the contrast between all the uh, the Old Lang Syne's, yeah they were yeah, saying the lyrics wrong for the record though I just want to point that out. Were they? They said of not all. It's not cup of kindness, it's couple kindness. Thank you very much. It's a Scottish song, say it right. Uh, I'll be <laughs> honest, I don't think there is anyone in the world who really knows the lyrics. They just, <laughs> you just go, oh, 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 that's it, got it. <laughs> everyone, everyone in the world, I'm telling you. Well, yeah, but it was the it was the singer singing it. it was, I'm, not, I'm not accusing. Okay, sure. I thought you were on about just in general. No, no, no. It was, it was the, 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 the singer at the fancy club said of. I think. You might have to change it in that instance for okay. that for that version just to, to fit with the rhythm. All right, all right, I'll accept that. I'll yeah. accept that. But uh, so yeah, we're really setting up this this idea, and even even Rudy's feeling the hit because Rudy has one scene with uh, with Frankie where he's like, "Oh, yeah. my business is taking a hit because of the disease." So they're all feeling it. They're all feeling this this change, and even the opening scene, I felt New York felt grimmer than it's ever done in the oh, show. It really and it's feels never like... exactly been clean, has it? Yeah, and obviously they're expecting everything to change, and you know, obviously it's been like five years since they started building this big hotel with the the spinning restaurant and the <laughs> the big yeah. parking, like multi-story parking lot and stuff like that. Uh, so again, we've we've got this thing where they're going to clean up the streets, but they're they're dealing with the the crime, which leads us to Alston, who is you know working for Goldman and goes to kind of the, the crime unit that's been tasked with these these little uh, they call them wolf packs, these these muggers that are running around, yeah. and uh, they're looking into that. And we get a scene in New Year's where he kind of like just kind of sits in on them taking down a couple of the guys, uh, and just we're talking about a lot of it. Um, I think the biggest scene here is when he goes to their, their sort of headquarters and it's like leaking and it's dripping in the guy's coffee, the cop. And, and he drinks it. And he's like, please don't drink that. And, and then he, he just drinks does. it anyway. Yeah. yeah, he still does. Because so, he's a badass, damn it. Yeah. Um, I like their chemistry. I'll see later on when he's like, okay, you look like a cop. Put your arm around me. Hold me. Yeah. Uh, he's like, what? Yeah. Just hold me. And it, I love how it just cuts when he says, so are you a bottom guy? or? <laughs> uh, yeah. just, enough humor. Enough humor to make it work. Uh, I will say I am a little disappointed that there was no Larry because he was very much a highlight of season two. He was, he definitely was. He was. Um, not that we're done talking, all right. And I just, I just wanted to mention that here because uh, we're jumping to Laurie, who is just at a rehab, and I this this made me laugh because mm-hmm. uh, you know it, it's there. It's okay. She's leaving, and the guy's like, okay, you know, you, you know, you, you, this is your program. You know, stick to it. You know, don't go out because we don't want to see you back here. And she's like, hey, and it's all very much played like this is her first time there. And then she goes down to the car and it's like, oh, that was a fifth time. Yeah. Obviously, she's been going to different 
different rehab centers and clinics. clinics yeah and of course she's uh on cocaine again by the end of the episode she gets really self-conscious at the party uh, that they're at this gala and yeah goes and uh she has some like fans some other actresses who have been inspired by her because she's been doing it for a few years now obviously yeah. uh who who offer a coke and she gets into it and she's like licking the the, the sheet oh, she's really going for it yeah yeah uh she she is diving in head first so and she, and she and it was noble that she was doing well up till that point where you know she was ordering you know non-alcoholic drinks it, it made yeah. a point of showing us her order the the, the non-alcoholic well things. i i you knew it was going to go that's because one of the things the guy said to her at the start was uh you know avoid you know you know, people and locations that are going to be tempting, and like, yeah, don't go to the the gala party where everyone's going to be drinking, and it's yeah, exactly yeah. the sort of crowd who are going to be doing coke in the bathroom. I mean, um, maybe... um, I wonder if that's why she's been <clears throat> to rehab five times. Hmm. It's the job. It's the job. It's doing exactly. It. Yeah. Because we have that small subplot about the the woman against pornography and how it's like abusing the women, and you know, on face value, is it or isn't it? But then you look at Laurie and you see what it's doing to her life, and like how much of a mess she is, despite the fact that she's theoretically making a lot of money, that she's in LA, she's she's on this glamorous lifestyle, but she's been yeah. to rehab five times. She is, but, yeah, but you know, there are some others, you know, there's, there's friends there that she runs into that seem well-adjusted, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, at least on, on the public perception. On paper, I mean, obviously, we're not we, don't, you know, we don't know these characters, we don't know how screwed up they actually are. But yeah. they come across as because you know, she gets out of rehab and the, the the two guys are like, okay, we've got you booked for the CES show just to make an appearance, and then we're going to shoot you in like multiple movies because we need some more. I, I think it was content for the pipeline was the way he phrased it. It was yeah. like the, it was the least fulfilling art artful way of saying it possible. It was just we need content for the pipeline. <laughs> yeah, because he was oh yeah, we're going to shoot some stuff, you know, and, and she's like oh, oh you know what's it for? He says oh just just content for the pipeline. Just, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, we'll use it later. That's us every night. We're like, okay, what, what would occur tomorrow? We need content for the pipeline. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Make yourself look pretty, Connor. Content. <laughs> pipeline. That's uh, going to be our new line, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on, content for the pipeline time. Um. So, no, so again, we've got a bit of a tragedy there. Um, and I, it's at this point in the, the the discussion where I say, have we missed any characters? Because I guess we don't talk about Frankie too much. He steals the uh, the camera in that because he's been shooting the, the films himself. Some yeah. of the more sort of low-budget variety. Uh, uh, intentionally amateur-looking. Yes, uh, because people like that. And yeah. he... That's why they're, they're putting a wig on Melissa. And it's funny how they get the guys like, oh, I'm getting a sore neck. How long do I have to do this? Uh, and I love that uh, Irene's like, well, go down to the bottom of the bed, put your knees on the floor, and it's it's more comfortable that way. <laughs> She's giving him tips. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, an amusing scene. But when you see what he's actually taking the camera for, he's he's making a little video with his family, his wife and kids. Uh, and I love how the small child is screaming throughout the entire yeah. thing. And it still sounds to me like a sales pitch is is what he was filming there because he's you know he's like, oh, I'm your man. So I don't know what exactly he's planning on doing this time because yeah, no God idea. Because he because he turns down Rudy, although he is working with Tommy, and Tommy is going behind Rudy's back for this little side deal because Tommy yeah. does not want Rudy to know. So I could see some fallout from that potentially. Yeah, yeah. I did so, like though that when Rudy was turned down, he's like, "Come on, Frankie, you've been stealing me, stealing from me for years. Like you owe me." <laughs> and like, I love that it's just a known thing that he has been ripping him off, like in little ways, like all it's, the time. It, but obviously, he's he's done his fair share enough over the years that it's like <clears throat> it's 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 easier to let him have the small little things 
yeah. and still have him bringing in profit than to cut him out entirely, apparently. And maybe he's just likable. Like, he's, oh, you know what, he's, he's not doing anything too bad. We like his brother a lot. <laughs> to be fair, he has always come across as likable to most characters. He has, he has. Uh, even if he's untrustworthy when it comes to He is, money but he's a very charming or, fella. Or anything else. Uh, so uh, there was one movie talk actually. I just want to mention Abby was like talking to a guy at the bar, and they were just talking about movies. And she's like, "Is there anything else I need to see?" He's like, "What about Repo Man? You seen Repo Man?" And I have seen Repo Man for the record. Just uh, <laughs> done that out. He's like Harry F and Dean Stat, and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's great." So, yeah. um, not my favorite Harry Dean Stat movie, but solid. So yeah, but there's a lot to choose from. Oh, there is. He was making movies for like sixty years. Yeah, exactly. Um. I mean, no, nah, it's Paris, Texas. I was going to say it was Alien, but it's not. It's Paris, Texas. <laughs> you forgot about that for a second, didn't you? Well, no, it's just because I think Alien is the more like mainstream one that people know. But I was yeah, like, no, it's, wait, it's, Paris, Texas for I me is, with, is hard. Yeah, I've not seen that yet, So, which I keep meaning to, to get around to because I should. I'm sure it'll be an influx someday. Uh, he'll give me an excuse, at least. It's content for the pipeline, Connor. <laughs> All right, well... If that's the case. <laughs> All right. I've been sick, by the way. Okay? I've been trying to keep my noises to a minimum. I think I've done an okay job. But that's if... why he keeps ducking off camera. Yeah. I've been wiping my nose just off, off the side so you don't have to watch it. But yeah. uh, that has uh, been the episode one of The Deuce Season 3. We'll be back next week for episode two. Uh, by all means, let us know what you thought of this first one in the comments. Uh, the filmmaker is pretty much as on point as it's ever been. I like the contrast between the cities as well. As soon as it cut to LA, you knew it. It's bright. Even, it's even, even though it was like a close-up of a, like a door at the exit of the building, you still knew it was LA just because of the, the, the lighting, just because of the way it looked. Yeah. The, the direction is slick and spectacular. The, the, the scripts are on point. You know, it's... It's not Mr. Beat, is it? You know, and, and I think we said this last time as well, though. Even with a, a fairly significant time jump, and you feel like, okay, you've got to get to know everything again, you know, figure out the pieces, it doesn't feel like you've missed anything. Yeah, the only, the only plot that feels like it's not advanced enough for the, for the time jump is maybe Vincent and Abby. It feels like they have not really moved in five years. Whereas everyone else, I think, very realistically, it feels like that's you know where they'd be. It doesn't feel like much has moved for them. I, I wonder if they're just in a holding pan and that's going to yeah. be a big uh, like a, the point of, of this for them. Yeah, whereas with everything else, the idea of it's taking this long to build this new stuff in town, the idea that it, it's taking this long for the, the red tape here, it's taking this long for uh, like the VHS to become what it is now, Like all these things all kind of feel like, okay, the time has passed and we've used that time. Whereas Vincent and Abby, it almost feels like this could have been set a month later and it would have worked just as well. But obviously, they have to line up yeah, with everything yeah. else. So. Yeah. I'm sure there's a point to it. Uh, but hey, uh, that is it. So thank you very much for, for checking this uh, review out. Uh, you can let us know what you thought of the, the episode in the comments, like and subscribe, all the usual things. You can, of course, support everything we do here on the channel over at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month. And you get yourself some bonuses. And there's higher tiers, of course, with voting rights and uh, producer credits and all that kind of thing. So go and have a look. Uh, if you would like to be the mob to our little industry, then you can go and be a producer uh just like frankie yes just like frankie, frankie to our rudy the frankie to our rudy <laughs> so um that is us uh, so thank you once again for uh watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching tv guys have you got any vanilla <laughs>